Blog Talk Radio. Hi, and welcome to our latest Outsource podcast. It is late February. It is rainy here in Los Angeles. Sid Ziegler with Jim Bazinski. Jim, you, have, you, have you built your ark yet to survive this rainstorm? Well, it's sunny right now. We're between storms. Oh. Nice and bright and sunny here in Silver Lake, and we're supposed to pour tomorrow. But it's supposed to be pretty bad uh, tomorrow. Well, and bad we need, like we, a, a couple inches. <laughs> big drought in Los Angeles and all of California, so it's... Uh, much needed. I actually like the rain here, so I'm looking looking forward to it as long as it doesn't flood too many places. Except that it has canceled our flag football league this this week, and I was kind of looking. It has. Well, it's weeks, always you know, the, the timing on it is usually terrible. It means it'll be bright and sunny all day Saturday, like it often happens when we cancel it ahead of time. <laughs> right. The storm veers north or something. I don't know. I don't know if that's going to happen this week. But no, they say well, they they say 100. percent It's like you know, it's funny. People elsewhere listening to this talk about weather are probably thinking, "What the hell are you guys talking about?" It's but it hasn't <laughs> rained here basically since like last spring. It's been the driest LA uh, on record. So it's actually yeah. good to have some rain. Well, today we are going to be talking about lots of pro sports stuff. Jason Collins and. Michael Sam, there's a, a a bill aimed at banning gay people from the NFL, and Arizona darn near banned the Super Bowl from there, from the state. Uh, you can call in anytime and and chat with us at three four seven nine four five seven eight three four. Jim, the week started with Jason Collins getting signed by the Brooklyn Nets and taking the court in number, I think it was 46, for the L.A. Lakers. And one of the things that struck me about that whole thing was what a non-story it was. You talked to, was it Billy Witz who was there? Yeah, my, Billy Witz from New York Times was there and just said, the, you know, we got polite applause, some people standed, but it was pretty much ho-hum, like most people weren't really aware or didn't care. And I said, well, that's good. I think ho-hum is what we want this story to be eventually. And I do well, think the difference is, is he, got, excuse me, he got signed to a 10-day a contract that might extend to another 10-day contract, which means he'll be there for the rest of the season. So it is a little different than him being in a camp and all that. But still, it was, you know, it was the first openly gay NBA player on the court and the first one in any of the, you know, quote-unquote, four big sports. So... It was it was definitely history, but it was not monumental in terms of the reaction or, you know, because at the end of the day, what are you supposed to say about it? Like, you're going to say he's not allowed right. to play, although I guess we'll get into that in a second. Some may not be allowed to play, but. Um, well, what what you said, you know, it wasn't like he was in training camp or, or, or anything. What does it matter if, if he's signed at the beginning of the season or it's mid-season, the 10-day contract? I mean, he's in the locker room. He's with a team. They're one and one since they got him. He's on the court. He's played almost 20 minutes now. What what's the what would have been different if he was signed, you know, in in September and and was in camp? 
I think there would have been more media interest because there would have been stories during training camp about the. It would have been a, there would have been a bigger buildup. Basically, he was signed Sunday morning, played Sunday night. You know, there may have, they may have had his first game may have been nationally televised on ESPN or TNT when they had the NBA schedule. I mean, that kind of stuff. I'm saying there would have been a more a bigger media buildup um, in terms of that. I think more people would have been maybe aware of it. But stuff that happens on a Sunday, you probably a lot of people not even knowing he had been signed. And he's not a star, so it's not like this is, you know, LeBron James coming back or something. Um, so that's what I mean. I don't, and I don't mean that in a negative way. I think it's great. It just that this is the way it should be. That there is not much to say about it once he's played a few games. Like life goes on, and you know, John Stewart had a thing where you know Mike, uh, Michael Sam was at the combine, and Jason Collins played in the NBA, and the, you know, the Earth did not spin off its axis. You know, and it's like. <laughs> We've been hearing for years, right? How long? It was not impossible. Won't happen. Can happen. They aren't ready for it. All this stuff, and he plays, and everyone kind of yawns. Well, yeah, it's the media circus, and and I I just keep wondering what people expected. As though they expected fireworks to somehow go off in Staples Center and unicorns to rise out of the floor and I, I, you know giant purple monsters to come through the exit. I, I don't know what they expected to happen because a gay person <laughs> took the floor in an NBA game, but people seemed to believe that it would be something other than a basketball game. But, I, but of course, yeah, all it I was was that We've heard for how many years? You know, we've heard, we have heard negative things from players but so often they're in a time capsule. It's years ago when, was it Sterling Sharp said that about a Saratoga? Oh, it was like 12 years ago. Right. You know, though if he had been in the locker and this, you know, and he was referring to something that was 10 years earlier. So I think people, they had their mindset 10, 15 years ago as if that's what it was still like, you know, that there would be some kind of player reaction to it. And the players just didn't, were either supportive or didn't care. Yeah. And I think it really shows you how quickly the, the attitudes have changed even in sports. I mean, we, we've talked about this a million times. It used to have impossible to get straight athletes to talk about having a gay teammate. And now yep. it's like everybody gets to ask and they have a, you know, they have a, they answer it. You know, we talk a lot about, about the, the work that's been done in, in the LGBT sports movement and, and, and there, there's been a lot and, and that's certainly contributed to, the ability of Collins to take the court and, and play, but how much of it has been also what's been going on in the rest of the country? I mean, just I, I'm just seeing now a, a judge has ordered the state of Kentucky to recognize out-of-state gay marriages. Kentucky in Texas, it was it was uh, same-sex marriage was was deemed to be uh, the bans on it were deemed to be unconstitutional. Uh, how much of it? of the stuff that's happening in sports is simply a symptom of what's going on in the whole country. I think the gay marriage thing is the single biggest thing because it normalized, I hate the word, but I think it's true, it normalized gay people and gay relationships for everybody. Because so I've, I've talked to several gay people who say, you know, I'm not married, I don't care, I'm, you know, why do I care, I'm not getting married. I said, yeah, but the rest of the country has to then recognize that a, a same-sex union is just as valid and I think more than anything else, that has changed the dynamics in the culture because, you know, it, 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 it's, it's inescapable. And all these rulings are happening where they're basing it on what the Supreme Court ruled. And they're saying it's simply there's no there's no reason, there's no substantial reason anymore for the state to deny same-sex couples equal rights. 
And I think more than anything else, once that's codified, you now have gays can serve openly in the military. You now have gays can get married in 17 states. The idea that pro sports is going to be this deep closet where no one – it seems like they can't escape real life. Right. You know, so people well, like Tony it, Dungy, who had been pro – actually, anti-gamera, now seem kind of like they're way behind the times. And he's he's really yeah. mute on this thing is what – he's lost the battle. Yeah, they've lost the battle. And, and uh, well, I think part of it is that these they're being recognized, right? Their relationships, what makes us different is being recognized by the state. And what it makes us different is our relationships. And 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 the other fact piece is that, as, you know, as we're coming out and whether we're getting married or just coming out to our friends and family and publicly, nothing changes people's attitudes like people coming out. And and if there are if there are homophobes on the Brooklyn Nets, which there's probably somebody who felt you know a few days ago they wouldn't feel comfortable if Jason Collins came into the locker room, they now see that it's no different from having any other guy in the locker room. So it's that I don't know, it's that, that that coming out and then the recognition of our relationships. I think is so important. Plus, I think that nothing happens is real important. It doesn't. Two gay people getting married doesn't impact a straight couple's relationship. And so, in a sense, I think at a certain people realize, well, nothing has happened. Jason Collins is playing basketball. Okay, I'm still getting paid if I'm a member of the Brooklyn Nets. They haven't docked my salary because of the gay guys on the team. So, I think at the end of the day, people realize it just is not important to them in a good way. That's why they say, you know, you can do what you want to in your private life, and your lifestyle is the term we hate. But I think I kind of get the sentiment. I don't care. And so we're hearing with Michael Sam all the time. They don't care. Well, somebody who who doesn't get it is uh, Jack Berkman, a, a Republican lobbyist in Washington, D.C., who earlier this week said that he was putting together a, a, a bill proposal that would ban gay people from playing in the NFL. And in the last 24 hours, he's clarified a couple of things. He's really only talking about banning openly gay people. You can you can be closeted uh, in in the NFL, but you're not going to be allowed to be openly gay. And that the real ban would be on showering together. That that if an NFL team allows gay players to shower with straight teammates, they will be fined anywhere from three to eight million dollars. And. Uh, <laughs> This reads like an onion piece, but it's actually real. Like this guy's going on the radio and talking about this. I still think I, there's stuff that it seems so hoaxy to this. I mean, plus lobbyists, while well, they do write bills in private, but lobbyists don't introduce bills. Legislatures have to introduce bills. So when does a lobbyist get to say, "I'm going to introduce a bill"? Well, who are you? You can't introduce a bill. You're not even a. You're not an elected official. So name some names of who's going to be in, who's going to be putting your bill on the floor of the U.S. House or Senate. I mean, it's a, it's so wacky that it seems to me like it's a total joke, and I don't even take this guy seriously. I mean, even if he is serious, I just laugh at him. I'm not going to debate him on it because it's just so stupid. And his bill has zero chance of doing anything. Um, it's like, what is this guy like? Did he have some bad fish and it went to his brain? And because it just it certainly can't help his business prospects, right? I mean, are people going to hire this Wait. lobbyist now because he said this stuff? Well, here's you know what what part of what percentage of America does this actually play to still? What 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 constituency? I mean, there has to be some constituency oh, out there yeah. who's you know cheering this guy on and saying absolutely got to keep those gays. 
because you know he said, well, you wouldn't want your son showering with a cheerleader, so why is this okay? I have no doubt that there are people who believe that, but I think the idea that this even has any legs, even in the Republican-controlled House of Representatives, I mean, there's no way. I mean, in a million years, John Boehner's not going to let this thing be brought up to a vote. I mean, you know, it's like <laughs> I, I, I'd be dying to know because you've been writing about this more than like who who actually is going to propose this in the House of Representatives. There might be somebody, but it's just sort of like yeah, they and then it, it was just sort of like it's absurd on its face, but. He he claims that he has one senator and at least five people in the House of Representatives who are supporting the bill. And he well, only needs 213 closing, more. <laughs> well, listen, I, I forget that because it's never going to come to that. I want to know who these people are because to me, once you start putting – names and faces to this thing and these are elected officials then it becomes a, a a battle worth having right now it's just this guy going around radio and it's interesting and and we want to make people aware of it but if there are actually elected officials who are going to support and endorse and introduce this in into congress <laughs> I, well i i think then there's a great battle to be had with these people because then it becomes specific and then the tv starts talking about it and you know you saw what happened when that when that when this bill and when the bill in arizona came you know it was it was floating around but nobody was talking about it once it once there was a very specific face jan brewer attached to the thing then people started really talking about it well once it had passed both houses and it needed you know it was going to become law because in kansas it passed the house and died in the senate and I had been reading about that bill until its lead up, uh, but the Arizona thing actually passed to everybody's surprise. Um, yeah, I mean, to me, a lot, the, I don't remember. I don't know if those three Senate votes that would have changed their mind would have killed the bill. But um, yeah, I think it became real once it was like uh, this is one step away from being signed into law. <clears throat> and so she was the focus all week, and then yesterday she decided to. To veto the bill, which saved the Super Bowl for Arizona, because I guarantee yeah, it, so it would have left. Yeah, well, it was you know I, the the NFL was being very cautious about putting a uh, publicly putting a gun to Arizona's head over this issue, um, but but it would have been as I, I was yesterday. I spent much of yesterday trying to get a hold of somebody in one of the one of the Super Bowl host committees or a city that had hosted the Super Bowl to give me some kind of comment about, you know, willingness to host the Super Bowl and nobody would talk about it. Yeah, but then Don Banks, Sports Illustrated, said Tampa was, was pretty much already, they'd already sorted that out as that might be the choice. I mean, they, they would have had to have moved it if it if this bill had been signed. It would have been a yeah. huge, you know, to me, there would have been no choice for them to move because they did it uh, around Martin Luther King uh, Jr.'s birthday in, the, I think, 1992 when it was supposed to be in Arizona and they yanked it when they, they refused did. to make that a state holiday. But they yanked that, a good, I think it was like 18 months to two years ahead of Oh, no, the, no, it was it was a lot sooner than that. But I'm saying I think they would have had, there would have been so much public pressure on the NFL if they had con head with the Super Bowl. You know that it, it similarly would not have flown. Um, but yeah, yeah you well, took, it, you, you, you go ahead. 
Well, I, well, and and you know, it was it was? I remember people saying that that the Olympics needed to pull the Olympics from Russia, and they were talking about pulling the Olympics six months out from 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 the start of the games. And hosting an Olympics is a much more complicated issue than, than a Super Bowl. And pulling an Olympics six months before the games were to start is just logistically, it's impossible. It, it, it cannot happen. But and, and I know that pulling a Super Bowl even a year ahead of time is, is, is tough but doable. So, you know, while I, I, I was against pulling the Olympics just because it, it, it was impossible, it was never going to happen, this one was a battle that I think a lot of people were very willing to fight because it was, it was doable. The NFL was probably going to be receptive to it. You said Don Banks reported that that, that would, they would have moved. To they had pretty much lined Tampa up as the site, and I mean, I think I also, I mean, there was clearly a lot of pressure on Brewer from business interests, and I think this was one of them that they, you know, that we're going to lose a Super Bowl, and, and they're, they're not bluffing on this. And she had also vetoed it last year for different reasons that had to do with a fight she was having with the legislature over the, the Medicaid expansion, but. So I, you know, once all this came up, and they were, uh, you had three legislators running from it. You had both senators in Arizona running, you know, not not supporting it. It just it became clear it wasn't going to pass. But I think the NFL and the Super Bowl was a good nail in the coffin because that would have been the one that got everybody's attention. I mean, if a, you know, if Maria, if someone pulled a convention, people aren't going to really know that the podiatrists have moved their convention. But if the NFL moves the Super Bowl, everybody's going to know the NFL's moved the Super Bowl. Well, and it's not just that. There, there are other, there are other sporting events. There are some some international soccer games going to be held there. And mm-hmm. then you start talking about the, the the future ability for the state to host all star games, college basketball. That the the college football national championship game in two years is is going to be in Arizona. They, they would have lost that. It would have been interesting to to see what happened with the Fiesta Bowl. I mean, what kind of pressure? Would the would the FBS start feeling to pull the Fiesta Bowl out of the national championship rotation? We talk, so we talk, we talk about the Super Bowl because it's around the corner, but looking deeper into the future, the, the sports repercussions for Arizona could have been absolutely huge. Yeah, and so it just it it was funny how the these people voted for the bill and turned around after the backlash, and it tells you a lot of how legislatures work. Well, these guys don't pay any attention. They'll vote because somebody sort of suggested you vote a certain way and probably did it and thought, okay, no one will care, and everybody cared. Yeah, one I was watching Anderson Cooper, who was actually this week fantastic on, on this issue. He really had some great interviews, and he was talking to one of the guys who had voted for the bill, and and the guy simply said, I screwed up. You know, I didn't think through it enough. The Democrats tried to warn me. That there would be this backlash and these these unintended consequences. I didn't listen to them, and it was just such a mea culpa. Even Anderson Cooper said, "I can't believe you're saying this stuff." A politician never says this stuff. Well, I think and the same was, guy was on with Chris Hayes at MSNBC, and that was his first interview. And Chris Hayes said the same thing. He said, "Real," he said, "Well, it's rare to have a politician come out and admit that you were wrong." Um, yeah. But I think it shows how the landscape has changed. The, the, the people pushing this or anti-gay marriage, and it's a national group, and their whole idea is this was their way to get the gay marriage proponents on the defensive, religious freedom and all that stuff, and it's backfired. 
And this stuff used to be a slam dunk in all these things. Now it's kind of it's, this stuff is backfiring, and more and more people are saying, well, you know, this is not something we, you know, that we endorse. I think I saw in Kentucky the gay marriage is basically fifty-fifty now in terms of you know public yeah. support in Kentucky, and so it's moving so fast. It's almost I mean faster than I thought. Then we we talked last year at the Supreme Court thing, and I thought we wouldn't have gay marriage in all 50 states for 10 years because they would take a while to take another case given their history. Now they're forced to take all these cases because these judges keep ruling you know, against these states, and it's going to force the Supreme Court by probably no later than two years from now to take it up again. Yep. Well, so, I, I watch – every day I watch CNN, ESPN – I mean CNN, MSNBC, and Fox News. I do watch ESPN as well. But I try to get my news from all three news places. And and the, this week, and interestingly, going back, I was following it with Michael Sam as well. CNN and MSNBC have been covering the Arizona law and covered Michael Sam's coming out extensively. Fox News has barely touched it. Bill O'Reilly, who who talks about sports all the time, has never mentioned Michael Sam since he came out and didn't address the Arizona law that, that, that got vetoed just minutes before his show started yesterday. So it was, it's interesting to watch even Fox News, which leans conservative, and, and my guess is their audience leans heavily conservative. They just don't even want to talk about this anymore. I don't think they know what to do about it. That's, I think, their their dilemma, at least. They don't really know how to talk about it because a lot of their audience may agree with some of these bills, and yet their host may. And so it's probably better to simply leave it off the table. I didn't know they were ignoring Michael Sam also. Well, well, I never, I never saw – I mean, I didn't watch much of Fox News that week he came out. It was mostly ESPN, NFL Network, and a little MSNBC. I never saw them mentioned. But I went through because I tape O'Reilly every night. I went through and fast forwarded through all of his shows that week. He never mentioned it, and for for him to not mention it, it was a clearly a conscious decision because he brings up cultural issues in sports all the time, and it was the biggest well, that, story, sports story of the week. Yeah, it was also a big news story for people. You know, it, it, it sort of spilled over in the news realm like Jason Collins did last year. Well, yeah, I mean, the landscape really is changing, and I think um, the forces against things like gay marriage and gay rights are, you know, are kind of backpedaling. And then you kind of wonder why we're, if we're ever to get end to pass. It's, it is kind of interesting with all this stuff about Arizona. Gay marriage is still not legal in Arizona, and you can you can fire someone for being gay in Arizona because there are no protections. Yeah. So it was nice that this thing got vetoed, but. Arizonans who are LGBT still have virtually, you know, no rights compared to their everybody else. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, you kind of wonder when Enda. I'm surprised that Enda simply doesn't pass the House. It seems like that'd be a slam dunk. Well, it's all coming. Uh, we have a few more minutes, so wanted to, to touch on Michael Sam, who is is was still in the news this week. He held a press conference at the LNFL Combine on Saturday, which I thought was was pretty good. Did you watch the the conference? Uh, it was wonderful. The press conference. I mean, he just he was exactly what you wanted him to be. Um, he was funny. He was articulate. He got it. He got why the, there was this attention. I mean, at one point, one guy said, 
I have a football question, and he turned to him laughing like, oh, good, a football question. And it was done in such a way that everybody in the, in the, in the reporters just laughed because people kept trying to ask the same question a million times, and what do you say at a certain point? You know, why did you do this, and why did you do this? Why did you do this? You know, like to the point where it's like I have nothing else to say, but he was just wonderful uh, in the interview and impressed everybody and apparently impressed teams when they asked him in their private interview just, to, just as a guy in general, which is what, you would have expected knowing the guy. Yeah, well, it was. We knew that once he got in front of the cameras, that that people would like him. But it was when he uh, got ready for his forty, yeah, and and, and the bench bench press that that people were a little bit less impressed. And and you know, I I, I don't know how much he hurt his his draft stock. I think you're, you're you you wrote a a piece about his yeah, he did pretty much about what we thought he would do. He was he was middle of the pack, maybe even a, a little worse than middle of the pack, but he was never he was never going to be a first round pick. He was unlikely he'd be a second round pick. He maybe he could go in the third to the fifth round and and in that's just about seems how he performed. Yeah, you know, I was talking to Dave Copay before in the combine, I said, I hope that this isn't. I said, I'm wondering if this, all this attention is going to be distracting. It, it's you can't not be distracted. I thought, even though they've handled it so well in terms of him not doing any media after the first thing. And Brian Burrell, a St. Louis Post Dispatch columnist, was on the NFL Network, and he had followed Sam in Missouri, and he was at the combine and said it was obvious to Brian that he was definitely distracted. He false started three times, and he said it just seemed like you know he was just not there. And Brian attributed, you know, it's impossible, I think, for anybody, given what's gone on the last two weeks, to sort of maybe not be at your best in the combine. But he has another shot at the pro day in March, and that'll be it. that becomes a lot bigger now. Well, it becomes huge, and I know that they were. Uh, well, every athlete is is always considering whether they should participate in the combine or their pro day. And I imagine if 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 he had <laughs> run a four six forty and bench press 25 times then 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 he might not be doing it but he didn't do that and so now the pro day becomes huge so but i also wonder how much teams weigh some of these things i mean you know listening to uh some of the some of the journalists talk they they would make you believe that that his draft stock hinges on the combine, but when you listen to the guys on NFL Network and and the and the former players talk, they talk about his tape. They talk about what he did, like Mayock on the NFL. They talk about what he did at Missouri over the course of his career and last season. But journalists seem to so focus so much on the numbers and, and this one moment at the combine. Well, yeah, and Bill Polian said the former general manager that. That to him, it was the interviews and stuff and the background check, basically, that was much more important for them at the Combine than it was for anybody's specific 40 time or, you know. So I do think the Combine is, is an artificial event anyway. I mean, it's become much bigger than it should be. It should be not even covered. You know, guys running yeah. the 40-yard dashes, run around some cones. Well, okay, that's fine. But 10 years ago, it wasn't ever on television, so you didn't pay anywhere near the amount of attention you do. But now that it's broadcast live it becomes like a bigger thing, and all these armchair GMs think they know what they're talking about. But to my yeah. mind, Sam did what kind of what he what a guy who's supposed to be picked anywhere from the third to seventh round, depending on who you listen to, probably would do. 
and Mayock has him in the fifth round, and you expect a fifth rounder to have those scores. But the pro day is big because this is on his home turf, and he'll have another six, you know, four weeks to get ready. And if he had new well there, then it's going to raise some concerns with people. Yeah. Well, one of the last things uh, while I was listening to, I can't remember who it was, but they said the most important piece of the combine is the physical exam. That that hmm. the doctors looking for injuries that you didn't know about, looking for other physical problems that they might have, uh, you know, compromised tendons or, or, or anything, that that piece is the most important piece because it's their only opportunity to just get their hands on the body of the person and, 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 and figure out, you know, what kind of risk you're taking by drafting them. Yeah, I think I'd like to go to the combine next just to have that physical exam and have them tell me, oh, you have arthritis <laughs> in your left knee, your Achilles is all screwed up. <laughs> probably be a good thing to do that, you know, they get a good evaluation. They'll probably do a better job than your normal doctor will, who's distracted and busy. Jim, do you, do you want to do you want to have the physical exam done to you, or do you want to be doing the physical exams? Oh, don't go there because I'm gay. Actually, it depends on who the player is, but yeah, I think I'd like to do both. But <laughs> yeah, but helping Cody move and up and down stairs, my knee's killing me, so I could use a good therapist. Well, you you are. We're, we're both getting to that age where everything's starting to hurt. But I can still throw um, the ball, so I'm a pocket passer. <laughs> All that matters. Uh, well, that's all the time we have this week. Uh, who knows what we'll be talking about. Probably athletes coming out next week. But whatever it is, uh, we hope you have a great week. Good luck to Jason Collins in his home debut on Monday. And we will talk to you next week.